0: Yeah, very good morning to you. It is Tuesday, the 7th of November, 2023, and it is an absolutely horrible morning here in the Northwest. I think I can speak for the Northwest in general. I've had the soaking of a lifetime with the uh, puppies this morning in Salford Buell Hill Park. So, uh, yeah, the soaking season is upon us. But the dogs, what can you do? You can do nothing, only take them out. As is uh, as is your duty. Hope all is well with you, and that it is fairer weather where you are. Let's do the papers, then. Let's start today with the Daily Express, the front page. The headline screams, Police call off protests on armistice weekend to avoid violence. Well, that's self-explanatory. The Daily Express is saying is that the Met Police has appealed to pro-Palestinian protesters not to march this weekend in London on Saturday and over the weekend the paper is reporting that Scotland Yard said the event would not be appropriate and warned the risk of violence and disorder in the capital was growing. Now, I find this really astonishing. I can't find the exact email, but a listener emailed the Richie Allen show last night, uh, during the live show, and said that the route has already been determined and published by the organisers of the protest, the marching route, and that it is going nowhere near the cenotaph. So is this just crap? from the press and from the police. I don't know. I suppose we'll find out as the week develops. So that was the Express then. The Daily Mail, we're doing the tabloids, Early Doors today. I like a bit of Wronglish, Early Doors, Wronglish, Ron Atkinson. Daily Mail, Poppy Seller 78, punched by protesters. If this is true, it's wretched. It's saying, the Mail, that a 78-year-old poppy seller has claimed that he was punched and kicked during a pro-Palestinian demonstration in Edinburgh at the Central Rail Station there last Saturday. The paper has a picture appearing to show Jim Henderson in the centre of a large crowd, the crowd waving Palestinian flags. Jim says he was set upon while manning a stall a stall selling poppies. The Mail says the incident only ended when railway staff intervened and pushed away the demonstrators. If it's true that this gentleman who was selling poppies was attacked by pro-Palestinian protesters, it is utterly wretched. It really is. It's disgusting if it is true. As the Metro says the front page: three hundred thousand get drug to avoid breast cancer. This is a story which is appear which appears in the Times as well, in one or two of the tabloids. So basically, three hundred thousand women at risk of breast cancer will be offered a drug which will halve their chances of developing it the paper says anastrozole is the drug it's used to treat people who have the disease already and that nhs officials believe thousands of future cases could be prevented if enough eligible women sign on to the scheme that is the metro the times thousands to be spared cancer with 4p a day pill i've just mentioned that just then, so The Times is covering that story as well. Also on front page of The Times is a warning from Antonio Guterres, the Secretary General of the UN. Gaza is becoming a graveyard for children, warns the UN chief. Well, it is, isn't it? Regardless of what side somebody might, you know, find themselves on in the Middle East, in, in the struggles in the Middle East, the struggle of the Palestinian people for self-determination and for human rights whether you're a Zionist you can't deny that thousands of children have been slaughtered in Gaza and it is a disgrace and I've said it too many times and it doesn't change anything yeah, also on the front page of the Times, Sunak's ticket to driverless buses by 2030 we'll come back to that Uh, the Daily Telegraph front page, Daily Pill halves breast, uh, sorry Daily Pill halves risk of breast cancer yes um, we, we've already talked about that daily mirror finally she admits p p e link what is that all about well the mirror conservative peer baroness moan or mone has admitted she did have ties to p p e medpro a medical supplier as it won £200 million worth of government contracts during the pandemic. The paper, The Mirror, says Lady Monet has spent three years insisting she had no role at the firm, but that a representative has now said she was an intermediary, while her husband, Douglas Barrowman, led the consortium. Sleaze, sleaze, and more sleaze. Yes, we talked a lot about that type of thing during 2020 on the Richie Allen Show, didn't we? The Guardian leads with Gaza's despair. Everyone is just concentrating on survival, and that's, yeah, self-explanatory. We've just talked about it. The I paper. Green King, that's not the brewer, by the way, that's not the brewery company. Green King means Charles. Environmental King. Green King forced to announce shredding of eco policy. The King's speech will happen this morning. It'll be the first time a King has delivered the speech for well many a decade, since um since his grandfather gave um gave the speech just before when when would have when when would it have been when was she coronated or crowned. Elizabeth, sometime in the 50s, early 50s, wasn't it? So he's the first king for over 70 years. Anyway, giving the speech. The i paper says the king's speech will set out the government's agenda for the coming year and will see the monarch forced to announce a shredding of eco policy. The paper says the king, who has long campaigned on climate and environmental issues, will have to hide his true feelings as he heralds a new era of oil and gas exploration. That's the i paper. The sun eco harry flies to katie perry gig in oil tycoons jet so the sun which just like the daily mail tends to give uh, harry and his mrs megan a good kicking at every opportunity is saying that they're hypocrites, claiming they're hypocrites because they want us all to take action on climate change while they're taking private jets to go and watch Katy Perry concerts. That's the gist of the story on the front page of The Sun. Financial Times, all about Donald Trump's trial on the front page. Trump defiant amid heated turn on witness stand in New York fraud trial. I do believe the judge in that trial told Trump yesterday that he's basically just exhausting. That his ranting and raving is just tiresome, apparently. Uh, The Daily Star, bark from the Dead. I'm really interested in this. It is a story, and I've reached out to the lady uh, featured in the story, and I hope she'll come on because I think it's very interesting. And it is a story um, about uh, psychic powers, the ability to... um, connect with their uh, spirits. Fascinated by this. Uh, Jackie Weaver is a pet psychic and uh, she's very well known apparently, Jackie, and she's featured on the front page of The Star today. The headline is Bark from the Dead. It's about Jackie uh, claiming that faithful pets often send their owners love-filled, love-filled messages after they have died and still, like us, to talk to them. Uh, Jackie Weaver, that's right. So I've reached out to Jackie because we're very interested in that type of thing, aren't we, on the Richie Allen Show. Hopefully she'll come back to us and will come on for a chat. I imagine she's very interesting indeed. As somebody with two puppies, And, uh, you know, we've we've all had dogs who have passed on and cats. So we'll see about that um, a bit later, hopefully. So that's the front pages of the newspapers today. Let's take a look then, as we do, at one or two of the stories inside the papers. And we'll start with The Guardian. The Guardian. Headline, inside. 85% of people worry about online disinformation global survey finds. Well, again, the headline gives it all away there. Apparently, more than 8 out of 10, 85% of people are worried about the impact of online disinformation. 87% believe it has already harmed their country's politics. And this is according to a global survey uh, as the United Nations announced a plan to tackle the phenomenon. That's right, the UN wants to take on disinformation online. And Audrey Azoulay is the UN's Director General of its culture body, UNESCO. So Audrey Azoulay is the Director General of UNESCO. And she told reporters yesterday that false information and hate speech online accelerated and amplified by social media platforms, posed, quote, major risks to social cohesion, peace and stability, end quote. So we've got to tackle online disinformation because there is a big risk to social cohesion, even, peace and stability. Now the the article goes on to say, regulation was urgently needed to protect access to information while at the same time protecting freedom of expression and human rights. This is according to this woman, Azule. She presented a governance blueprint for governments, regulators and platforms. So the UN has presented, the UNESCO, a governance blueprint for governments, regulators and platforms. This is how you should do it. This is how you should manage online disinformation and hate speech. So UNESCO commissioned a survey in 16 countries, right? 16 countries now that will hold a national election next year, right? With a total of 2.5 billion voters showing how pressing the need for effective regulation has become, again, according to UNESCO. They got Ipsos to do the poll, 8,000 people in 16 countries, Austria, Croatia, the US, Algeria, Mexico, Ghana, India, and it found that 56% of internet users got their news mainly from social media, far more than telly, which is 44%, or media sites, 29%. So they say social media is the main source of news in almost every country, therefore something has got to be done about the disinformation. Now across 16 countries, 68% of respondents said social media was where fake news was most widespread, ahead of messaging apps, 38%, a belief overwhelmingly prevalent in all countries, age groups, social backgrounds and political preferences. We're going to hear a lot about this in the coming weeks and in the coming year in the next 12 months, that something needs to be done about people saying things that are untrue on social media things which other people might be harmed by. You see, you might make a bad decision, a bad lifestyle choice. Why? Well, because you read something untrue online. And you're not capable of figuring out what is true and what isn't true, so we're going to take that responsibility away from you. That is exactly what the online safety bill in the UK is all about. It's not about protecting people, it is about disempowering people, and it is about whole-scale, or wholesale even, censorship. Yeah, let's leave it there. Daily Mail. Headline, insight. Efforts to reduce pollution are warming Earth faster, a study claims. Imagine that. Leading climate scientists have warned that global warming, which isn't really... Well, it is, it is. We are in a warming period, but people have got nothing to do with it and have no ability to change it. No chance we can change it because it's natural, in my opinion. So, leading climate scientists have warned that global warming is accelerating... At a faster rate due to a previous attempt to curb climate change. And they've identified one specific attempt one measure introduced some years ago, and they're saying that this particular measure is doing more harm than good. So they quote James Hansen, a leading climate scientist, and he said that reducing emissions from ships is having the opposite effect on temperatures. So the mail says, as commercial ships move across the ocean, they emit exhaust. Exhaust that includes sulfur, known to be harmful to human health, and the environment. Now in 2020, an international rule was created that sharply reduced the amount of sulphur allowed in ships' fuel. And the way they did that was they fitted ships with something called a scrubber, an exhaust gas cleaning system which treated the pollution as it normally would go into the air, and it then dumped it in the sea. But now they've said that dumping it in the sea has caused more heat. And, and has released more energy, causing an energy imbalance in which more heat is actually stored than released. So that's the story. Uh, this is the Columbia, Columbia University's Earth Institute are saying measures taken to scrub sulphur are actually causing more harm than good. That's in the Daily Mail. The Telegraph, this is an interesting one, speaking of the protests and calls by Scotland Yard the Met Police calls by the Met Police to, 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 well, they're reaching out to protesters, asking them, don't go and protest this weekend, show some respect for Armistice Day. Armistice Day, I can never say that. So, former Hamas chief behind pro Palestine Armistice Day protests, is there any truce in that? Well, the, the Telegraph says yes, we have an exclusive, and they name Mohammed Qasim Sawalia. And they say Mohammed Qasem Swalya led Hamas in the West Bank in the late 1980s. And he is alleged, alleged mind, to have masterminded, that's a quote, its military strategy with involvement as recently as 2019, before moving to Britain, where he lives in a London council house. (laughs) There you are. He's a founder of the Muslim Association of Britain, or MAB, which is one of six groups behind the Under Fire March in London, on november the 11th and israeli authorities claim his son obada sawalia is now its vice president so he founded or he's one of a found, one one of a number of people who founded the muslim association of britain and it is being claimed by israel that his son obada sawalia is now its vice president the telegraph has discovered it claims that half of the groups organizing the march who are still defying calls from the met police to call it off have links to hamas It's that some claim this, really. More that half of the groups organising the march this weekend have links to Hamas. But they don't give us any great detail in the article. Apart from mentioning this guy, who apparently had something to do with Hamas in the 1980s, this guy, Sawalia, the father, but very little evidence that there's any real link between these groups and Hamas today. Right? So, you know... I'm on the fence here, I don't know. And the paper quotes the campaign against anti-Semitism, which is a wretched organisation run by an idiot called Gideon Falter. They reckon that these are extremely serious findings. Look, hundreds of thousands of people in this country, and I mean hundreds of thousands of people, have taken to the streets in many cities to protest the genocide in Gaza. Now, the idea that more than, or, or half the groups involved in these marches have connections to Hamas smells like monumental bollocks to me. Right? So I don't know. But anyway, this guy, um whose name is Mohammed Qasim Sawalia, he now lives in Barnet, in a council house. Good for him. It's very difficult to get a council house these days, unless you, um. well, I'm not going to stay it, because they'll be called a racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good luck getting on the council housing list. Good luck with that. Also in the Telegraph, Isaac Herzog rebukes Angelina Jolie, for saying Gaza is an open-air prison. So Isaac Herzog is Israel's president. And he's had a pop at Angelina Jolie, who uh, at one time was married to Brad Pitt. She's also John Voight's daughter. And she wrote on Instagram that basically it's a genocide and that it's an open-air prison. Of course, she's right. Nothing wrong with what she said. Strangely enough, her father took to social media John Voight. He must be like 117 years old now. But he took to Twitter to scathingly Criticised her. He had a proper go at his daughter, and talked about it. You know the Jews and all the rest of it about you know the poor Jews around the world and all of that. So John Voight didn't like it. Now Isaac Herzog has criticised Angelina Jolie. The Telegraph. We're staying with the Telegraph for the moment. Headline: Police must tell the truth under new Hillsborough law. This is about the King's speech. The King's speech is where the King or the monarch, delivers the government's programme. It it announces the King, the monarch, the Queen, what the programme of government will, will, will be in the next session of Parliament, in the next 12 months, really. Anyway, uh, police must tell truce under New Hillsborough law. You, you remember the Hillsborough disaster, which we, we say it was a disaster. It wasn't. It was murder. Liverpool fans, 96 of them, attending the semi-final of the FA Cup in 1989 Nottingham Forest against um sorry Nottingham Forest against Liverpool at Hillsborough those Liverpool fans were murdered by 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 the wretched um inability of the police and 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 other organizations to 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 put on a football match in safety they were left down they were left down badly. I believe they were manslaughter. Manslaughter is a better way of putting it, right? And then to make to, to add insult to injury, as you know, for years afterwards, the fans themselves were blamed, which was, which was absolutely disgusting. And it was something I used to talk about a lot on the radio back in the day. And during my days on radio in Spain, I would interview family members. So you know that story. Terrible. Anyway, police will be placed under a legal duty of candour requiring officers to tell the truth to inquiries, investigations and public authorities under a change dubbed the Hillsborough Law. The plans will be announced today in the King's speech and chief constables will be legally required to enforce the new duty which aims to prevent a repeat of the Hillsborough disaster in which police officers falsely claimed drunk Liverpool fans were responsible for the tragedy. That's right, as I've already said, ineptitude. Um, terrible terrible ineptitude led to the deaths of these fans and as i said to add insult to injury the lies and of course we all remember kelvin mckenzie in the sun the lies that were that were spewed out by newspapers like The Sun in the wake of that disaster. How terrible it must have been for the family members, coming to terms with the fact they would never see their loved ones again, who just went to a game of ball. To make matters worse, the establishment closed ranks and lied. Monstrous lies about it. So the King's speech will announce that um, the in future... Police will be compelled to tell the truth. I mean, this is bullshit, really. It's nonsense. As if that's going to make any difference in uh, the future. The Times. Let's look inside the Times. Staying with the King's Speech. Headline, King's Speech, driverless buses and delivery vehicles to get green light. Surprise, surprise. Still it would sing. This is where it's going. Uh, people will lose more and more autonomy. As time goes on, as they try to force diesel and petrol cars off the road, ultimately they want, not, it's not that they want every car off the road, but they ultimately want to take away our rights to drive as well. They're not just going to force you into electric cars in the future, they will force us into all uh, self-driving electric cars, and eventually you won't be allowed to drive. And eventually the self-driving cars will themselves disappear, and all you will have is driverless buses, and delivery vehicles. So Sunak will use the King's Speech, that's the Prime Minister, to pave the way for the introduction of Level 4 fully autonomous vehicles on the road, and they will be operational by the end of this decade. That's where it's all going. And interestingly enough, there will also be mention of a smoking ban in the King's Speech today, because the government is introducing legislation. The age when you are allowed to buy cigarettes will rise by one year every year and this means those born after january 2009 anyone 14 or younger right now will never be allowed to purchase cigarettes this is a big announcement of course um at the conservative party conference last month they want to ultimately ban cigarettes and that's all tied into climate change as well i've never smoked in my life so it won't affect me of course it won't affect me But I'm a believer, obviously, in individual freedom and in the rights of people to make individual choices. The rights of adults... To make choices for themselves. That's how I uh, would 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 view that. So that is it for the papers. Then thank you for listening to this podcast. Do share it with others. The Richie Allen Show will be live this evening, Tuesday at five o'clock UK time, the seventh of November, twenty twenty three. I've um, I've done everything backwards this morning, hence the podcast is earlier than th- than it normally. Sorry, the p- publication of it is earlier than than it ordinarily is. It's now exactly 8am here in Salford. As I wrap it up I'm going for my run and then I'll be back and I'll be plunging myself into the production of the other show. As I said already, have a great Tuesday. Uh, Try and stay dry and I do hope to hear from you a little bit later on on the other show. Bye. (laughs)